Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Thank you for joining me for episode two of the Plant Witch Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the other and the process of othering and how I've gotten some help with the plant baneberry in my own process of reclaiming what I have othered. In the development of our egos and our personhood, we're conditioned to develop traits that are considered acceptable and to repress traits that are not acceptable. These repressed traits, they have to go somewhere. And so they're sent to dark recesses of our psyche, what Carl Jung called the shadow. Depending on your family of origin, who your influential teachers and mentors were, and many other factors, you were given a framework for which traits belong on display in the world and which need to lurk ever more in the depths of the shadow. If you were expected to be seen and not heard, then the part of you that's authoritative, entertaining, talkative, chatty, flirtatious, that was banished to the dark recesses of the psyche or the shadow. If you were expected to be emotionally caregiving for your grieving or sick parents, then your own needs, your own emotions, your desires, they were sent to the Shadowlands. Maybe in your family, you were cast as the jester, entertaining everyone with your wit and your jokes. If that's the case, then your serious introspective nature was sent into the deep. Your personality was cultivated by the adults around you, usually as a response to their own wounds, their own needs, and their own conditioning. This process is called othering, where we look outside at the world and we see things that are not okay. So they are other. Those traits belong to someone else, not me, not us. We can't be like that. These parts of you that are determined to be other than what's acceptable, they continue to live on in the deep psyche. They respond to the events of your life in their own way. During periods of low stress and high vitality, these parts are unnoticed. But when our reserves are depleted, the characteristics that have been cast away begin to emerge. They've grown strong through denial and oppression. Like a slow leak that goes unfixed for a long period of time, the ensuing damage is often much greater than we expect. The shadow self emerges, takes control, and wreaks havoc on our lives. This can happen through projection, sabotage, angry outbursts, addictions, and many other ways. There are also characteristics that we actually really like about ourselves if we were allowed to own them, but instead we're conditioned to distrust those characteristics and we send them to the unconscious. These are called our light shadows. Maybe we're really curious and intelligent, but we're conditioned to see these traits as being know-it-all. So we suppress our urges. Our curiosity, our enchantment with the wonders of life, they become part of the shadow. 
this can try to resolve itself, try to bring itself back into wholeness and be faced by the consciousness through a process called projection. When we project, we see others who don't need to repress the qualities that we have to repress, and that creates a trigger in us. So if you've projected your curiosity, your wonder, your enchantment, you've repressed it, and then you see someone who's in that state, you might see them as immature, a know-it-all, childish, and that could trigger anger in you or judgment. How dare they act like that? We aren't allowed to act like that. That is bad, other, unacceptable. Another example that's common for women is the repression of our anger. We're taught that anger is not an acceptable emotion, so we repress it. But anger is a natural byproduct of being alive. It is unavoidable. Anger arises in response to boundaries being crossed. It is life energy infusing into our being to give us the power and the will to protect what's important to us. When this injection of life energy is denied, it turns against us. Remember, energy is never created or destroyed. So this disowned anger goes on living in the deep. It may turn into self-hate, chronic illness. In traditional Chinese medicine, they call this wood energy, this uprising energy that helps us grow, protect what's important to us. When this wood energy is disowned, it turns into imbalance in the liver and the gallbladder. When we've spent a lifetime out of touch with our growing reserve of anger, it can hijack our lives at times of depletion or transition. For women, this is common around the onset of menopause. This incredible intense heat rises and the rage boils over and we may burn our lives to the ground. Our anger will have its day with or without our consent. These layers of energy, layers of awareness, they're part of a, the wholeness that we are. And as magical beings, we are responsible for understanding the entire landscape of our being. We're all born with different thresholds for joy, anger, sadness, pain. These thresholds are inherent to our personality. The great mage and alchemist, Hermes Trismegistus, tells us of the birth of souls into this solar system when he writes about Poimandries, the great dragon of divine wisdom. Poimandries shows Hermes that souls are birthed and seeded into this solar system through the great rift in the center of our galaxy. As souls descend into matter, the celestial bodies of our solar system Jupiter, Mars, the Sun, Saturn, the Moon, they contribute their own personalities in varying measures to the being that's coming into existence. You and me. <laughs> Jupiter offers us expansiveness, good luck, the desire to learn and travel. Mars gives us strength of will, endurance, ambition. Neptune offers spiritual merging with the divine and also the threat of madness. Depending on the placement of these planets, these celestial bodies, upon the moment of our birth, these characteristics are imprinted on our essence. The study of this phenomenon is the art and science of astrology. 
the way that our inherent essence, artfully crafted by the divine and the lesser gods of our celestial bodies, then combine with our physical DNA, our ancestral lineage, and then further adapts to our family, our culture, our community of origin, this all creates the conditions for the emergence of our personhood. If we are born with a strong Martian influence to achieve, but we're born into a family that has given up all their possessions to live in poverty in service of God, this will create a fundamental tension in our personhood. These points of friction, the places where our inherent being has been othered, separated, deemed unworthy or unacceptable, these are our wounds. And they are the places where our greatest potential resides. They become potent, thick with magic, drenched in the transformative darkness of the underworld. And on one fateful day, these treasures, turned to diamonds in the caves of our unconscious being, they begin to sing to us. They call out in an ancient language, telling us they're ready to emerge into the world. But first, we must go and retrieve them. I will tell you now a story of where a gem called out to me in my life. My husband and I were vacationing in upstate Pennsylvania. We were hiking through old growth deciduous forest when I encountered a plant I had not seen before. Actea pacopoda, white baneberry or doll's eyes. I was immediately enchanted with this plant. It's called doll's eyes because the poisonous berries look like a spike of eyeballs. It is a startling sight to behold. I spent a little time with the plants and then we went on with our day. That night, I dreamed of the eye-like berries watching me. When I awoke in the night, I could feel the presence of the plant in the room, watching. This went on for the next three nights. When we returned home from our trip, I purchased a bottle of Baneberry flower essence from Delta Gardens. Flower essences can help us come into contact with the spirit of a plant, and I find them to be especially useful when we're working with poisonous plants that we don't want to imbibe into our bodies. I took three drops of the flower essence in a bit of water, and I immediately began to feel heavy in my limbs. I walked out to the hammock on the back porch, and I would not move or think for 20 minutes. When I finally aroused from my stupor, I was frightened. I didn't touch Baneberry or think of Baneberry again for six months. Over the course of those six months, the plant was working in the deep. We'd made contact. The plant had deeply seen me and it went to work calling forth a treasure that had been alchemizing in my shadow. I was in a plant spirit medicine class with my cohort at the Northern Appalachian School for Vitalist Herbalism and Ecology when our teacher Calix asked for stories about times we'd made contact with plant spirits. I told about my eerie experience with Baneberry and how I hadn't thought about it or processed it since it occurred. With support from my classmates and my teacher, I approached the flower essence one more time. Acknowledging its work in my deep psyche, I slept with the essence next to my bed, and I intended to contact the plant spirit in the dream time. I found this to be a powerful way to contact plant spirits. The next day, I was guided to ask a close friend to sit with me while I took the essence and listened to the message of the plant. I hadn't known this prior to asking her, but my friend was well acquainted with Baneberry. It used to grow all around her home in the wilderness of Vermont. This plant is exceedingly rare, and most people have never heard of it. 
let alone seen it. To me, this was another acknowledgement of the power of this plant and my ability to hear its messages. I took the flower essence again with her present. And again, I felt the heaviness in my limbs. With the help of my friend, I was able to discover the message of this plant spirit. When I was born onto this planet, I was born a very expansive and curious soul. And I struggled with being confined in matter. I didn't desire to fully incarnate. My willingness to be here in a body never fully materialized. So I had this low level resentment and I maintained a strong connection to the other worlds. This lived on in me in the deep growing strength and power and the desire drove me to try and follow my grandmother into death when she passed at the age of seven, when I was at the age of seven. I read every book I could get my hands on about ghosts and the paranormal. I had one foot in this human body and a spiritual foot fully anchored beyond the veil. I used to see one shoe along the side of a highway, and I was constantly amazed by this phenomenon. How could a person lose one shoe out their car window? This became a message for me about having one foot in this world and one foot beyond. This unwillingness to be fully present, fully human, has plagued me all of my life. Bainberry came to show me how this has become a superpower. The part of me that has lived on in spirit, that has learned to communicate with the dead, with plants and animals, that has been initiated into witchcraft and many healing arts, this part of me is ripe to fully incarnate. I can be a human that is fully embodied and also sees beyond the veil. I don't need to split myself in two. If it were not for the love and guidance of Bainberry and the deep seeing of humans in my life, I might not have ever healed this split. It might have gone on to break my psyche, dragging me deeper into the unseen realms and away from my human life. I could have dissolved into madness, retaliated against being human by not caring for my body and health or so many other things. I would consider this to be a soul retrieval in the terms of the shamanic traditions. I'll be spending the next year or so in the effects of a Pluto square, which is the underworld initiation. So you can expect to hear a lot of this type of mining the underworld stuff for me. I tell you all of this to say that the plants see our whole ecology, physical, mental, emotional. They've been here long before us and they come out of the dreaming of the earth. They've watched us and they've contributed to our evolution They understand our complexity. They know how to help us heal and find wholeness. Their effects are physical and mystical. They not only help heal wounds on our skin, help to nourish us, but they also help to cultivate the garden of our psyche in a way that is beautiful and functional and whole. Working with plants often involves hefty doses of synchronicity, magic, and humility. I'm so excited to be on this plant journey, and I'm glad you're joining me. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com 
or on Instagram and Facebook at The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life. <laughs>